0: Hey, good morning, Yellow Box. How's everybody doing? All right. Yeah, I've got a beautiful uh, fall, right? Fall day. I guess we can say fall because we're playing football, right? So it must be fall. And uh, my name is Dave Ferguson, and I'm the lead pastor here at Community, which just means I get to oversee all of our locations, both city and suburbs, and I love it. Just love it. And there's no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be than with you uh, this morning. Um, Here's here's what I want to do. I want to start with a question. And the question is kind of about a question, and it's this. Have you ever had a question you were just afraid to ask? A question you're afraid to ask Um, How much is college tuition really going to cost? How long is the line at the DMV? Do the Bears have a chance today against the Packers? I am so rooting for an upset. All right, I, got, I have Packer fans actually sitting intentionally in the second row behind me over here just to taunt me. Um, and probably, you know, too much, too long, and not likely, but I am hoping for an upset. <laughs> uh, here, here's the thing. I'm not really talking about those kind of questions. Not the kind of questions where you kind of go like, oh, I know the answer, and the answer's probably not good. I'm talking about questions that make you nervous, questions that kind of make you squirm, questions that uh, uh, th- leave you feeling kind of exposed. There are some questions that we're just afraid to ask because they make us feel uncomfortable. And in fact, our fear can go so great with regarding these questions that maybe we never ever ask them. Hey, hey boss, you know, I feel like I'm doing a good job. Would you give me a raise? I really like you. Would you go out with me? When I finally got it, got the nerve to ask uh, Sue the question, the question to marry me, I remember that we were, I, I picked the just right spot. We were at the planetarium. You know the planetarium there and the planetarium. On the, you can overlook, so it was an August evening and it overlooks the whole Chicago skyline. You know what I'm talking about? So there's Sue and I, okay? It's an August evening, overlooking the Chicago skyline. I'm holding her kind of in front of me in this romantic embrace. We're both looking across the Chicago skyline and I am so nervous. I'm not kidding, I can't tell. I, I, was, I was so nervous that my heart is pounding so hard that it's like smacking, literally smacking against her back. (laughs) So much so that, I mean, in the middle of this romantic moment, she leans over and goes like, are you okay? (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, no, because I'm about to ask the scariest question of my life. Um, There's lots of questions that make us feel anxious. But I want us to focus on one particular question that makes us, I think, really nervous. It's a a question that kind of makes our palms sweat and increases our anxiety level, but it's a question that we want to ask. and I think it's a question we feel like we should ask. We just need the courage to ask it. And here's the question I want to talk about. And the question is this. Will you go to church with me? Will you go to church with me? We're, uh, we're, we're continuing this series. It's a short two-part series called Ready, Set. And basically what we're doing, we're all challenging one another, saying, you know what? We're challenging each other to invite our friends, our neighbors, our family members, our coworkers, uh, people that we love, classmates, to co- join us next Sunday on September 20th. We're calling it Show Up Sunday because we want everybody from community to show up. But we also want you to show up with a friend, a family member, classmate, neighbor, somebody with you. And, uh, and if you are here last week, you should have got one of these. and Hopefully you have that. If not, you should have got one of these when you came in. If anybody didn't get one of those, go ahead and raise your hand right now. Raise your hand if you didn't get one of these. We Got a couple people down here. Anybody else? Didn't get one? A couple here. There you go. We want to make sure everybody gets one of these. Because what we asked you to do last week, we said, and you can go ahead and do it again right now if you want. Fill, it, fill this out. There's five, we want you to list five people that you're going like, these are five people I would love if I just had the courage, if I just had the courage to see them Come and join me at church, and I would love to see them find their way back to God. Here, here's my premise. My premise is this. I think, I think most all of us want the people that are close to us, family, friends, neighbors, even coworkers, classmates, we want them to find their way back to God. We want that fundamentally. We might be in a lot of different places spiritually, but we want that. And you might be like, well, how, how, do you, how, how can you be so sure we all want that for all those folks? <laughs> well, let me ask it this way. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody here who... Um, for the people that are close to you, people that you love, people that are friends of yours, that you want them both now and forever to be distant from God. <laughs> all right, not so much. All right, so, we, we, so I think we can kind of say, no, we, all, we would like that. We would like that. But there's something that, that I think holds us back. Because for many of us, this is the place right here, right here at Community, and we can go around the room where we found our way back to God, maybe for the very first time. This might be the place, too, for you where, I mean, on a week-to-week basis where, I mean, you get banged up and beat up, you get distracted and and off-focus, and you come back here and it gets your refocused and helps you find your way back again. That's why we come here. That's why we call this our church home. That's why we we love this place and and this community, what God's up to here. But for some reason, and I think this is true, this question of, will you go to church with me, is kind of a scary question. Why is that? Why is that a scary question? Well, I spent some time thinking about that, and I talked to several people about it. I, I came up with a couple, a couple reasons that came to the top out of all of them. And here's a couple reasons. I think there are excuses even that hold us back. I think lots of us would say, well, I don't ask people because I don't know what to say. I, I just don't know what to say. I mean, when it comes to church or God or Jesus or spiritual things or the Bible, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, what if they ask me a question I can't answer? I don't know what to say. I think that's a biggie. I think another one, another biggie, is that people say, well, you know what? I'm kind of afraid I'll be rejected. Asking that question makes me feel like a junior high boy asking a girl to a dance. (laughs) I mean, what if they say no, right? I mean, what if they think I'm weird? What if they think I'm one of those people trying to shove religion down their their throats? I mean, I don't want to be one of those kind of people, right? Right? And so I think those are two kind of big, big excuses, reasons to hold us back from asking this kind of this tough question. But what if instead, here's what I'm su- suggesting this morning, what if instead of focusing on why not to invite, what if we chose to focus on why to invite? I want you to listen. This is just one of many, but listen to this story of life change. Here we go.
1: My name is Mario Diaz. Uh, this is my wife, Linda. We have four children. They're four girls, all under the age of five, and we've been coming to community for seven years seven now. Years. Yeah. When Linda and I decided to get married, um, we decided to look for a church in Chicago that we can call our home, and we found one. Our pastor there, who married us, became a mentor and a friend to us, but unfortunately, shortly after the wedding, he decided to retire, and we were left looking for another church that we can call our home. At that point, our friend, uh, a very good friend of ours, was a member of community christian church invited us to attend and the minute we we attended we knew that this was a church that we can call our home and we've been here ever since
2: when i first came to community uh, what drew me in was the praise and worship it sets the tone for for the whole service
1: i knew that's the way i was taught as a child you go to church on sundays and you know that's it it wasn't until I started coming here at Community that I, I understood what the messages meant and, and the way they were delivered was in a way that resonated with my experiences. And it was something that I can practice at home, at work, um, in my marriage, and, you know, with my family.
2: The kids love kids they, <laughs> sitting. They do. They, I was always afraid to drop off my babies <laughs> anywhere. And they're comfortable. They right. run right in. They've learned, you know, how to pray and how to... Um, know Jesus.
1: We've received so much support in other ways too. When Linda, Linda had some medical um, issues a couple years ago and had to require surgery and the outpouring of support we received from the church uh, was amazing. I mean, they donated food, they donated time, they checked on us, they called and asked if we needed babysitters.
2: I felt like when Mario and I first met I had a really strong foundation with that and I feel now that I'm a mom. I'm in every direction and it's hard. It's hard to stay, you know, committed and, you know, to pick up the Bible and to stay focused. I find myself, I find myself finding my way back to God on a daily basis. And I'm happy that I have that foundation and the
3: support.
0: I tell you what. I love that. And uh, I mean, and that's that's I mean, that's why I do what I do. I really don't have any infatuation with being a pastor, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> that sounds kind of weird. But I love that right there. Helping people find their way back to God. I love that. And you know what? Here's what's awesome about it. Those stories aren't that uncommon around here. And we should, I'm telling you, we should never take that for granted. I, I hear those kind of stories like that. On a, on a weekly basis. Someone will come up to me. They'll shoot me an email, leave me a voicemail or Facebook, Facebook message. I wanna, I wanna, let me tell you, another. here's a story I, I shared yesterday with some of our leaders. This is a Facebook message I got from somebody. Hi, Dave. I was going to write you later, but I thought it's now or never. I honestly cannot tell you how much your church community, okay, that's you folks, have changed my life. Seen all the people that now welcome me, okay? Don't forget how important that is means everything to me. The hugs I receive mean the world to me. I've been through hell with my failing marriage these past few years. And I know for a fact that I would not be giving my marriage and my family a chance if it were not for community. You guys. It's not only changed my marriage, it's also changed me too. I will forever go forward being a better person. Every week I learn something. Every week I feel something. The Big Idea series are genius and they're creative and they've applied to my life in more ways than I can explain. And the music, I love the music. Thank you. Thank you for helping me find my way back to God. And I know I I, kind of look around because I know enough of you in the audience here too very well that that's some of your story. In some way, that's some of your story. And here's the thing, never forget this. By God's design, when the local church is working the way that He designs it to work, there is, I'm telling you, there is no greater force for social good than a local church. When a local church is working the way God designed it to work, there is no greater force for spiritual good than a local church. None. Because what happens is people's lives by God's by the Spirit are changed, they find their way back to God, families are changed. They're, they're, they're reconciled. They're, they're strengthened. Communities are changed where the, helping, where the hurting get help and where the lost get found. And this has been God's intention from the very beginning. That's why he started the church, to be a community of people that would be about that. And if we can just, I think, focus ourselves. Don't focus on the why nots, but focus on the whys, the life change. I think it can give us the courage to ask the scary question. Here, here's, a, here, I want to give you a story. Let me tell you a story about one of Jesus' closest friends, a guy named John. And John kind of helps us remember the why, 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 why we do this. And he shows us how to have the courage to ask the question. Um, if you have a Bible or if you just have your Bible app on your phone, if you have a, if you have a phone, you have a Bible. So download that Bible app if you haven't yet, okay? Uh, you can get on UVersion, It's lifechurch.tv's app. It's a great, great app. Do that. But if you have a Bible with you you want to look on the screen, I want to, I want to go to a, a John chapter 1. And let me of set the stage here for you. Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry on earth. And he's going out and he's recruiting his very first followers, his very first disciples, this community of folks he's going to do life with. They would actually start the very first church. The very first church was a group of friends. That's what it is. And a couple of the guys that now are in his group are Andrew and Philip. They've already decided they are all in. They're following Jesus. The next person he recruits is a guy by the name of Philip. And check out what happens. You starting in verse 43. It says, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee Finding Philip, he said to him, Philip, come follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Now, a whole bunch happens between this and the next sentence. Philip decides to follow Jesus. He decides to follow Jesus. So it says, then it goes on, it says, and Philip found then Nathaniel. And he told him, hey, we've found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about, and about whom the prophets also wrote, this Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there, Nazareth, <laughs> Nathaniel, Nathaniel asked? Just come and see. Come and see, said Philip. Understand what's happening here. Peter, Peter and Andrew, like, like, like all of us, when we actually encountered Jesus, okay, they were changed. They experienced life change. Well, the moment then that Jesus says to Philip, come and follow me, now to Philip, Philip also begins to follow him, and his whole life is changed. He begins to find a vision and a purpose for his life and everything that he does in following Jesus. Now I want to pause for just a second here because there's something I want to make sure we do not miss. Notice Philip's response after he has this experience with Jesus. We all need to take note of this. The very first thing he does is he goes and finds his friend Nathaniel, and he says, Hey, come and see. Just come and see. Don't miss Philip's response. He has this life-changing experience, and then he goes and finds someone else. Hey, you just, you just got to come and see. I think one of the reasons that we don't kind of say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? One of the reasons we don't say that is because, again, like I said, we don't know exactly. I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. But if you notice here, Philip, what Philip did, Philip doesn't worry about what to say. He doesn't worry about the answers. In fact, he, Nathaniel asked him the question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That town Nazareth? Philip doesn't even formulate an argument. Philip doesn't kind of create an apologetic to offend, I mean to to defend Jesus. None of that kind of stuff. He says, I'm new to this thing. Why don't you just come and see? And here's my hunch. My hunch is that many times, I think a lot of us, we put our unnecessary pressure on ourselves to have all the answers about God and Jesus and the Bible and theology. None of us have all the answers. Philip certainly didn't have all the answers. He just said what? what did he say? Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Let me tell you another story. It's a few chapters later in in John chapter 4. And this is a story about a woman. Um, It's often called the woman at the well. Now, we don't actually know her name, but if we read kind of between the lines in the story, what we discover is probably it's her promiscuous lifestyle has really left her as kind of an outcast amongst that community there. And we can kind of venture a guess because she actually goes to the well at noon. Noon would be the hottest time of the day when nobody would go there. So why is she there? She's there because she wants to avoid having to interact with anybody else. All the people that are whispering, talking behind her back. Any kind of religious man, okay, would probably avoid being seen with her just to protect his own reputation. Jesus doesn't avoid her. He doesn't ignore her. (laughs) I love that about Jesus. That's a, that's a whole other sermon another time. But what he does is instead he engages her in conversation. And while talking to this woman, he looks into her eyes and then deep into her soul. And he tells her everything from her past. Stuff that she's tried to forget, stuff that she's tried to deny, stuff that nobody else would know in its entirety He tells it to her. And then he tells her. And there's also a God that loves you and accepts you just as you are with all that's happened in the past and even all the stuff that's going to happen in the future. And you know what happened? It turned her world upside down. This woman went to the well for water. And you know what she got? She came away with, with this unbelievable grace that God says, I love you just as you are, not as you should be. Now, the part of the story that I really want to focus in on, though, okay, so she has this encounter with Jesus, the same kind of encounter that many of us have had, where we're going, like, hold it, no matter what, no matter what, you're kidding me, no matter what, God loves me. No matter what. She had that same kind of encounter. And here's what happens. Look at this in, in verse 20. It says, the woman left her water jar. I mean, that's how excited she was. But she left her water jar beside the well. She ran back to the village, and it says she's telling everyone. And what does she say? Come and see. Just come and see. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? And I love this. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. <laughs> this woman experiences something that is absolutely life-transforming. And what does she just simply, you just, you just got to come and see. Have, have you ever had a situation? Have you ever had a situation where, th- where it was just so remarkable that you really, you really couldn't kind of articulate exactly what happened? And the best you could do is like, you just got to see it for yourself. You ever had one of those kind of deals? Um, I remember the, the first time I got, to, I got to go to Cirque du Soleil. I went to Cirque du Soleil in Orlando. Have you ever been to Cirque du Soleil? Okay, several of you have been to that. And I actually got to do a deal where I got to go kind of behind the scenes because I had a connection with an executive from Disney. And and, and, my, and I tried to get home, and Sue wasn't with me, and I was like, we just got to go, and we did eventually. I said, you just got to see it. It's, a, it's like a spectacle. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, when Sue and I went, we went to Italy, went to Florence, Italy for our 25th anniversary, right? So awesome. And we got to see Brunelleschi's Dome, and I don't know if we have any arts people in here, Okay. And I'm, I'm, I, I have an appreciation for art, but I wouldn't say I'm like a real hardcore classic art guy, okay? But I'm telling you, oh my, oh, oh, oh my. I, it was just awesome. And I mean, I could try to describe it for you, but there's no way. You have to, I mean, to fully appreciate it, even a guy who's just kind of a mediocre classic art guy, you have to see it. To really, you really, really need to see it. Um, I, remember, I remember the first time, I had a, uh, what, are we, what are they called? It was a um, a Venezuelan chocolate malt. Everybody, anybody been to downtown Naperville's Late Chocolate? Their Venezuelan chocolate malt? Huh? Oh my goodness. Oh my. It may, be, it may be the finest, best taste on the planet. I love it. It's a little bit pricey, $4.95, but still not bad, okay? Love it. Love it, love it. I would, I would have one right now if someone wants to run and get me one, okay? Right now. But you have, you have to experience it yourself, okay? It's that good. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you, maybe you've seen a show or you've been to the Grand Canyon and you try to come back and, and, you, and you know, you bore people with all the pictures, right? And they're kind of glazing over and you're, just, you're trying to describe it, right? But no matter what you say, it doesn't do it justice because what needs to ha- they just have to come and see it for themselves, that's exactly what this woman had just experienced. She would encountered Jesus, and she realized that everything from her past was forgiven. Everything from her future was forgiven. And now she now had a purpose for her life. And she just, her only response, I, I don't even understand it, but you've got to come and see what's going on here. And for us to say, you know what, I'm afraid I'm going to be rejected. It's not good enough. Not good enough when you've seen something that spectacular. And we do for some weird reason, maybe it's the evil, and we rehearse all these negative outcomes like, well, what if they say no? Or what if they think I'm strange? Or what if they label me or if they talk behind my back? Okay, here's the facts, people, okay? And again, I'm operating right on the premise, you've got at least five people you would love, love, love to see find their way back to God. Here's the facts. LifeWay Research did the homework. They said, they found that 96%, I was stunned by this, 96% of the population, if they were asked by someone who was a um, an acquaintance or a friend, they were at least somewhat likely to say, "Yeah, I'll go with you." They're inclined to say yes. So let me speak to your heart and your soul. Who is it that you need to, the four percent chance of rejection that you need to risk that? You need to get over the not knowing all the answers. Who is it you need to say, you know, hey, just come and see. Some of you have, you have people in your family that you know if they were in this place and they could make that connection with God. I mean, it's, it's not only eternity, eternity, eternity altering, it is a life altering deal for them. And maybe the only thing that's holding them back is you just saying, hey, come and see. Are you with me? Some of you got friends. You got people in your neighborhood. You got people in your neighborhood and their families are about to just implode. And you know if they were here, that there's something about grace and forgiveness that maybe can make that marriage work and keep that family together. And all that's waiting is you to say, hey, come and see. Some some of you students, you got classmates. You got classmates and you know the kind of decisions they're making right now, the kind of decision they're making right now are decisions that are gonna impact them for the rest of their lives. And if they could be here and just get a little more direction for their life, I mean, it it might save them years and years. And maybe the only thing holding them back Is you saying, hey, come and see. Remember Mario and Linda? Okay, we heard the first part of their story about them coming to community, finding their way back to God. Let's see what they did next.
4: My name is Renee Diaz. This is my wife, Rebecca, and we've been coming to community for over two years. So we met, got engaged. My brother Mario has been inviting me to come to the community Christian church for years. He always politely said,
1: Okay, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go one day. Um, and so, so that that told me that, you know, he's not completely shutting us down. You know, he's open to this. Let's ask him
4: next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, uh, until he finally attended. Right when you're coming into the parking lot, you can you kind of sense that it's coming as soon as you walk in through the doors. There's like two greeters greeting you. Jesse's right there giving you a handshake and a big old hug, and I've never experienced that in any other church where everybody is just so happy.
3: I feel like people are very open and uh, approachable, and I like the fact that um, people are open to discuss vulnerabilities or weaknesses, where I feel in my previous experiences with religion, it's always been about uh, presenting yourself or maybe uh, protecting yourself and not sharing um, your vulnerabilities.
4: Well, for me, I would have to say that I um, had way too much fun in my 20s. I um, I drank heavily, and I, I wasn't proud of it.
3: I think for me, there's always been a level of spirituality or connection um, with God. Um, but for me now, it's about being open and public and having those discussions with other people and taking ownership or being proud of um, you know, becoming a Christ follower.
4: I, I truly believe that Jesus is, is showing me the way just because of me coming to church and, and taking my life seriously.
3: We decided that Mario and Linda, who introduced us to Community Christian Church and have been our mentors in the process, I felt like that was so important that they could actually do the baptism themselves. I was, I
2: was very excited. I was overwhelmed with joy. I really was. It was an honor that they chose us and it was it was just a beautiful
1: moment. It was such an honor to be there with them and to see his transformation and I really look forward to being alongside with him as as he and I both continue to grow in our relationship with Christ.
0: Our mission here at community is what we, here's what we do. We help people find their way back to God. Here's what I want you to do. Would you go ahead and t- take this card? Would you take the card? And hopefully you have your five names. If you haven't put those five names, go ahead and put those on there right now. All right? And what I would love for you to do is you think about those five people that you want to go, hey, just come and see. Come and see next week. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine that a year from now, that instead of those folks on that screen, is your friend. Wouldn't that be cool? Or your neighbor? or your co-worker and that you're the one that's getting to baptize them. And they're just going like, yeah, they just said come and see. And it's changed my life. It's changed my life. Um, next Sunday is, uh, every Sunday is a great Sunday to invite people here at Community. But next Sunday is a special Sunday where we're really kind of pulling all the stops. It's kind of like when we have guests over at the Ferguson's house. You know, we're kind of messy people so we have to clean up the house, right? You have to get a little, take the food up a notch, all that kind of stuff, Right? that's what we're going to do around here I've talked to our Kid City people I've talked to our Stuco people I've talked to our First Impression people who do a great job they're going to even take it up a notch everybody's going to take everything up a notch I promise here's what I'm going to do I'm going to do my very best I'm going to work harder than ever before to make sure that when your friend comes it's going to be a message that connects with with their heart and their mind All right. but here's the thing that we have to do together the only thing that's lacking is you have to say okay hey to those folks come and see come and see will you do that? are you guys going to do that? We can do this thing together, and it'll make a huge difference in people's lives. I've already heard folks say, one person told me they've already invited five people who already committed to come. Somebody yesterday told me they had 18 people they invited to come. (laughs) That's awesome. All right? Here's what I want you to do. We're going to have a time of just a prayer. Take this card. I want you to hold the card in front of you. All right? Hold that card. Grab that card right now in front of you, and just hold it. And I want to give you time just kind of quiet for you to reflect, and I want you to pray, God, give me the opportunity. Give me the opportunity this week just to say, come and see. Let's just pray silently, and then we're going to go into this song.